Welcome in to Defeating the Curse, DTC, or Defeated the Curse. We're still trying to figure out what we're going to name the show. LP and Joe here talking a little bit about some of the craziness happening in Washington, D.C. over the last 24 hours. NBC Sports Washington all over LeBron James saying this is a possible and a good landing spot for him. We will talk about that. We're also going to talk about this idea about Kevin Durant potentially wanting to team up. That's an interesting one. we got to talk about that. Wayne Rooney coming to DC United. We got to talk about that. And it's only the two of us. So we can talk about soccer until we're blue in the face. And can we touch on the group stages as well? We didn't get around. We had some technical difficulties recording the World Cup show that we wanted to do with our, um, with all the donkeys that have been watching and kind of commentating with us over the past uh, two weeks. Um, but I'd like to touch on that as well because obviously Germany's gone and you alluded to that uh, a few days ago, LP. But the power rankings have changed. Spain has slid down. Belgium has slid up or climbed up, I guess would be the better way to say it. So anyway, I don't know. What do you want to get into first? There's a lot happening in D.C. here um, between this LeBron talk, LeBron watch, and Rooney officially signing and coming on board with the United. Where do you want to start? Let's start with uh, World Cup. I think I know the answer to this, but I want to get your opinion. Who would you say is the most impressive team in the World Cup thus far? Impressive in the sense of how they've handled opposition to date or impressive in that they've exceeded expectations? Because there's impressive a little bit of a difference. As in they've exceeded expectations and they could be a dark horse to win it all. All right, so I'll give you two. I think ex- as far as exceeding expectations go, I'm really impressed with England. Young squad. Uh, they they've I had well it's partly because I'm a big EPL mark for sure but they've played well uh they 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 stayed close and somewhat in contention with Belgium even though neither team was really playing for much England has looked good they look solid defensively which was a question mark up front we knew that they have talent and frankly they're very deep too i mean Jamie Vardy's a couple seasons removed from from winning the EPL uh goal uh goal scored uh, race here so like they have a lot of firepower that's not even on the on the pitch right now so England team one for me as far as uh living up to potential or maybe maybe exceeding expectations given their uh their struggles in years uh past and this pains me to say but I'll give you you know a 1a here Mexico Mexico's looked really impressive this was a team where the you know they were kind of falling apart through qualifying U.S. obviously was was neck and neck with them at one point, but they've looked really good too. Not just beating Germany, uh, you know, a very good team. Um, now, given that Germany finished last in the group, maybe there's a qualifier there that we need to add. But Mexico, to me, you know, they look like they can play with pretty much anyone. They're they're solid defensively, and that that's a consistent theme here as far as the teams that I think uh, will move on. Um, and and as far as a team that's living up to expectations, um, Portugal. I mean, you got to look at CR seven and what Portugal's doing right now and be really impressed with them. Coming out, you know, just firing on all cylinders against Spain in Game One, and just dominating from there. There, you know, that showdown with with Uruguay on on uh, Saturday is going to be something special. Definitely must watch TV. Um, but those are kind of the three teams that I've been most impressed with. I'll tell you, my number one impressive team actually is Sweden. I thought Sweden played really well in group stages. Um, they, I think they have an easy matchup with Switzerland, and uh, they proceed there. They'll be playing Colombia or England, and I don't think Colombia is is playing anywhere near um, where they should be. England, I, I agree, is a, is a team that um, is going to be strong. So I think Sweden would be my number one dark horse. My number two, um, I mean, obviously Portugal, you talked about, but they're kind of doing what, the, what everyone thought they were. Belgium, I would say, they're doing everything what they thought they were. I'm interested to see what Argentina does. Um, they had, a, I would say, a really bad group stage, but, you know, got in off of 
essentially one game, um, and they're playing France, which is you know one of the best teams um, thus far. So uh, we'll see if Messi can do it. Well, do you think there's a chance that Mexico can get past Brazil? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, Brazil I don't has think so. been one of the least talked about teams, and they're just kind of taking care of business um, as the group stage goes. I'll tell you though, I wouldn't be surprised well, if Mexico got, got past Brazil, given what they did to Germany and how they kind of manhandled them in Game One. Uh, I, I am going to disagree with you though. I think Colombia is better than people expect, and if, if they knock England out, I wouldn't be super surprised. Um, I would like to see England move on. I think they're the better team and the one that could maybe challenge a little bit deeper into this tournament. Uh, and I, I got to disagree with you on Switzerland too. I think the midfield there between uh, Shakiri and and uh, and, uh, and Granit Xhaka, I think they can. I mean, they can they can sit on the ball and they can. Sweden's been impressive in that they've been able to score without uh, you know Zlatan up front for them, which he's been there. You know, he's been their mark for how, however many years now, however many tournaments. But I'm not big on Argentina. I don't think they get past France to be honest. Uh, Portugal, I think, will get past Uruguay. Um, and then the the big X factor for me, the game I can't really kind of put a fing- my finger on or can't get a beat for, is Croatia and Denmark because Croatia has looked good, and Denmark hasn't. But this is really set up to be a low scoring affair, uh, ticky tacky, and and I could see Denmark getting past. I could see either of those teams moving on. Uh, Japan is the only team I have no confidence in. And how do you feel about the fair play uh, tiebreaker? It's kind of. Uh... It was a little crazy. Um, I've never seen that. I never even knew that rule existed. Uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I mean, it, it, it will discourage, you know, all the flipping and flopping that happens in soccer. Um, so I, I can't blame them for that. Um, but it's the fitting, acting has it's, been a little bit too much. It's fitting that the team that cleans up after itself is the one that moves on for fair play. Is there something about that that, that feels right? I do feel bad a little bit for Senegal that they basically get eliminated even though they're on the same amount of points. But, um, you know, the story of the of the group stage has is, is got to be Germany, you know, finishing last in the group, uh, getting bounced from Korea. By the way, your boy had uh, a, a nice little piece of money on that one, by the way. Anytime, listen, for all the gamblers out there, the degenerates and those that are just getting into this uh, and have any interest, if you see plus 1,000 on anything, you take it. So South Korea was a plus 1,000 on a hundred dollar bet to beat Germany, and the hedge bet was six hundred on the draw. So, you know, for two hundred bucks, uh, you're basically covered on a draw or a win. And my God, man, they—I'm they, not going to say they, they dismantled them because they basically got lucky on a on a on a super long goal and a, on a, a, a reasonably executed uh, set piece. But um, whatever, Germany's gone. They've done a lot of winning. They got a young squad. Um, or this this squad was old. The, the team that they won the Confederations Cup with last year is young. They got a lot of talent in the pipeline. They'll be fine. But let's pivot here. Let's keep it soccer, but let's talk about Wayne Rooney. Rooney comes to Washington, D.C. Uh, there's a picture circulating of someone who looks very much like me. It could be me <laughs> saying hello to him at the airport upon arrival. But, uh, okay, so he's officially joining the United in a, two weeks' time. He'll be there for the home opener of uh, Audi Field. What does this mean for the United? Does it mean anything? <laughs> You know what? I think this puts people in the seats at uh, Audi Field. This makes DC United a little bit more relevant. I'm a big MLS guy, um, and you know, I I know it's it's not even the D League of soccer. It's worse than that. But this gives us something in DC to look forward to. I don't care. I mean, he's 32 years old. I mean, it's really not that old. Yeah, he's way past his prime, but that's just what you get with the MLS. You well, I'm, uh, I would challenge that. But look, Beckham came here and still dominated, and to a point, he was he was still good enough 
that he was able to sign and he basically asked out of the galaxy or at the end of the galaxy season switched over to PSG and won another title with them so but that being said Beckham's skill set was a little bit different he played you know he was on the wing playing midfield long ball service was his thing Rooney plays up front and you know his first game I watch a lot of EPL I don't watch a lot of MLS but we've seen we've seen some old timers come over Drogba being a very good example of this come over and dominate up front I mean, we just have. We even right now, when you look at Ibrahimovic, right? So this is a league where you can come in as a nine or potentially as a ten, but really as a striker, as a nine, and and you can get your goals and you'll you'll touch enough balls because it's it's a lot more open. It's a less technical league. Um, It's less back and forth. I mean, it's or sorry, it's more back and forth. It's more open. So there's going to be more chances. Um, I, I like this move. DC United, you know, when the league started, was one of the cornerstone franchises. I think two two or three championships. Um, early on, and then it's been kind of up and down ever since, mostly down. This is exactly what the fan base needed. And frankly, I think if you, um, you know, this idea of the DC United being sold potentially, by the way, if we can pull money, if DTC can somehow buy that, the, the franchise, I would totally be in on it. But, you know, you see the reception he got at the air, at the uh, airport. You see him out there, you know, rocking the scarf and the colors and everything else. I think this is a good move, and I think it will get butts in the seat. I agree with you on that. Uh, but I actually think he's going to, He's going to bring some tangible experience to a team and to a league that maybe hasn't had it consistently. And, and let's be real, Drogba plays north of the border. Nobody cares about him or Michael Bradley playing in Canada. Um, you look at you look at Rooney and what he's done. Even this year, you know, switching from Man United, where he's been forever, uh, or he started his career at Everton, moved to Man United, then went back to Everton. He started the season actually pretty well, but the EPL is a completely different beast. Very physical, uh, not so wide open, and. You know, he showed his age towards the end of it. And frankly, he hasn't had a really stellar season maybe for four or five years, maybe potentially longer than that, going back with Man U all the way back to like when Sir Alex Ferguson was still, um, you know, calling the shots at Man United. So I'm happy he's here. I mean, I want to go out and see him. Why not? And, uh, you know, I, I like what it's doing for the fan base. I think people that don't care or people that care a little bit, I think this resonates with them. And I think it's a it's a known commodity coming into D.C. to play. Um it's a good move. I, I don't see any negatives here. I don't see any negatives. Uh, I mean, I guess the negatives would be, I guess, the amount of money that you're paying. But let me ask you this. So DC United is sitting in an 11th spot right now. Does this move the needle for them at all? Can they break, what is it, top six that makes the uh, the playoffs? Yeah, well, I would say, I would say, yeah, I think the season's long enough that it, I mean, there's enough... T- there's enough time where they can move up the standings, and frankly, they 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 can't score. So they bring in somebody who's all he does is score. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't see this as a negative. And frankly, the whole like, you know, the money thing, I, I've never really bought into that argument because it's not like you and I are paying him the money, right? So they got it. The MLS is set up to bring in talent, uh, foreign talent specifically. And uh, now there's workarounds and there's things that need to be changed and. Uh, Bruce Arena, I'm not the biggest fan of his, but his new book talks about this a lot about how the MLS needs to shift some of these rules to, um, you know, disincentivize or, or unincentivize uh, foreign players from coming or MLS teams from stacking foreign talent and really start to develop our own. But I, I think this is a win-win. I mean, even if they even if they don't improve, at least that that new ballpark um, and the new stadium will be open with a lot more butts in the seat. I, I don't see the negative here. Um, and frankly, if he likes it. Maybe he can help sway uh, another mid-level talent or expiring contract. Maybe he can get someone else to come too. Like, why not? It's possible. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, and, and if anything, he can at least teach the younger players on DC United. Um, so there, there's a lot of talent there. They're just 
you know. But think about it. He he steps in and immediately goes into the current pantheon of DC notable stars, right? He's right up there now with Alex Ovechkin, Bryce Harper, Serger, Strassi, John Wall, uh, Elena Deladonna even, if you want to go mystics. Like, he immediately steps in and becomes... Maybe the biggest of those, just because he's so he's so well known. Again, I, I don't see this as a bad thing. Maybe this is what it's going to take to bring LeBron to Washington D.C. <laughs> How about that for a segue? You want to talk about this for a few minutes? Can we talk NBC about this nonsense? Sports had him listed as the the number two spot for LeBron is in Washington D.C. Behind Cleveland or behind L.A.? Behind Philly. No, Philly's not going to happen. Philly would be stupid to bring him in. But can we just take a step back here? Michael Wilbon was the first one weeks ago to say, hey, D.C. would be a good spot and blah, blah, blah. And I think the working theory is he was trying to extend an olive branch to the city after calling us a minor league sports town and everybody basically. His whole timeline of tweets and subtweets is, um, you know, minor league sports town, my ass, you know, Wilbon, eat it, blah, blah, blah. I feel like he was trying to win some people back by saying, you know, LeBron should come to D.C. because it gives him a platform to rival Trump. I think that's stupid. Um, I think anywhere LeBron goes, he can create a platform for himself. Uh, I don't think he has any interest in going toe-to-toe with Donald Trump. I I think that would be a bad look anyway for him. I mean, he's already been out there with his safety pin and all that other nonsense. So I'm not big on that, and I'm not buying that D.C. makes any sense. I don't even know how you would get him on here or what the team would have to look like to make it work. I'm not interested in him coming here. Are you? There's a, I mean, you'd have to shed Otto, you'd have to shed, somehow you'd have to shed Jan Mahimi's contract. I don't, just don't see it working. Uh, but just, I, I don't, just I don't do you want him? Do you, do you want him here? Do I want him? I'm, I mean, he is the best player in the game. There's, there's really no doubt about that. As much as I hate LeBron, and it pains me to say that, he's the best player in the NBA right now. So, well, yeah, I do, because I want more championships here. I, I saw what happened with the Caps, and I want more of it. I mean, if there was a way to keep Wall, Beal, and LeBron somehow, uh, that would be pretty awesome. I mean, you and I can maybe go. I mean, Markeith Morris could stay, and maybe you could still find maybe Alex Len or somebody like that. But I'm just not big on it. Like, I'm torn. I'm, I'm like you. I don't like the idea of LeBron in a Wizards jersey from the sense that I've been cheering against this guy my entire life, basically. Not not like, not like personally because I don't like him. It's just pers- like he just he's always playing against my team. But the flip side of it, yeah, you're, you're basically punching a ticket to – the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, if not the NBA Finals, and that's super appealing. So, yeah, I, I'm torn on this one. I don't see it happening. Do you actually see this happening? I don't. See There's it no happening. way. I don't see it happening. Uh, I I mean, so at the end of his contract, at the end of oh, well, at the end of his career, I don't see why he'd want to come to DC. You'd want to go to a bigger uh, place that you can market yourself a little bit more, like LA, um, New York, Philly, I guess. I mean, I guess DC is a bigger town, but I just don't see it happening. I mean, DC is like I think the seventh or eighth largest market. I mean, it, it's not a it's not a push. It's not a it's not a minor league sports town. That's for sure. But I think the road is just very hard. Uh, it's very hard in, in to get from. It's a step back to me than Cleveland, and frankly, Philly is too. I think if you leave, you leave, and you're basically his legacy. And we were saying this a couple of days ago. I think his legacy is cemented in place. I don't think it's going to change at all. Well, regardless of where he goes at this point, if you love LeBron, you're still going to love him. You know, if he adds one championship or another two losses in the finals and one more win, whatever it is, his legacy is is sealed. He's going to go down as one of the greatest, and he's going to the the MJ, LeBron, Kobe, Oscar talk about who did it the best or whatever. That's always going to be there. So, I think if you leave, honestly, yeah, I don't think he's going to have that much of a say in the terms of he's going to have to go wherever Kawhi goes or wherever his teammates or whoever he wants to go with, they're going to make their decisions probably before him. Yeah. So he's going to be kind of left into 
you know, in texting and, and all that kind of stuff to figure out where Kawhi is going, where, you know, Paul George, Paul well, George is going. Paul George opted yeah. out, which is crazy. He's crazy. I mean, he's, he's decided yeah, to test so, free agency. That's crazy. You know what is crazy? I've never seen this many good top-level free agents in a long time that are hitting the open market. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Any any final thoughts here? We'll put the put the bow on a nice little 15 minute little uh, quick nugget of a podcast here. Any final thoughts? Uh, let's uh, one day off of the World Cup kind of sucks. It's kind of nice um, though because I'm getting caught up on all my other stuff. Got to get caught up on life. I gotta go pick up my dry cleaning. I got other th- I got other stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm assuming tomorrow morning you're locked and loaded. You're not going anywhere. Well, you know me. I'm Mr. Uh, Mr. Buffer. I'll oh, yeah, be on you're, DVR you're service. On tape delay. That's terrible. How how are you working in sports? I don't get this. Like how how are you passionate about sports and you know you don't watch anything live? It's insane. Hit me up, Pespid. That's when I'm live. <laughs> well, LP, thanks for making time for all those that are out there listening. We this is one of probably two shows, maybe even three shows that'll get posted in the next day or two. We got a Nat show coming up and a week in review show. Steve and I have a lot to discuss, including Jameis Winston and the nonsense that the NFL is uh, trying to put over with their two-line statement. Um, You know, three games for assaulting several women versus uh, four games for deflating a football. You reach your own conclusions, but I'm going to ask Steve a bunch of very pointed questions and um, we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, for now, my name is Joe LP signing off. Have a great day. LeBron, you're welcome to come to D.C., but we don't see it happening, so we'll continue to cheer against you. And Wayne Rooney, welcome to D.C. We'll be out there to see you in a couple weeks at Audi Field. We are out.